Hello, and welcome back for another volume of truly disturbing tales taken from Reddit. If this is your first time joining us, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy creepy tales and true crime, then you've come to the right place. We upload multiple times a week, and I enjoy interacting with subscribers, so please leave thoughts and comments down below. We also operate an Instagram page, so feel free to follow us there for scary facts, previews of upcoming releases, and otherwise unsettling posts. But without any further delay, let's get to today's stories. I grew up in a small, rural town where nothing ever seems to happen. The sort of place where it wasn't unusual to leave your doors unlocked, and for your closest neighbors to be about a mile or so from your house. Our family also had this giant old cat named Tag, who was a bit of a drama king sometimes, but we loved him. One summer, when I was around 9 or 10 years old, the cat starts going ballistic. Tag generally slept in my room, curled up next to me until I fell asleep, and then he would get up to do whatever cat things he wanted to do in the middle of the night. Occasionally, he would meow or try to wake me up on unfortunate nights when he could see the bottom of his food bowl and needed a midnight snack. Usually, if I ignored him, he would give up or rarely go try to wake my mom up instead. This night, however, he bangs up against my parents' bedroom door until he gets in and is meowing loud enough to wake us all up. Our bedroom doors were next to each other, and I called a tag to come to bed because it's about 2 a.m. He's having none of it, though, and begins to carry on. My mom gets up, goes down to the kitchen, and then huffs back up with tag on her heels, still meowing insanely. She said his bowl had plenty of food in it, and he just walked her to the door of the kitchen. Tag was an indoor and outdoor cat, but he had his own cat door through the garage, so there was no need for one of us to let him out. My mom said my brother must have left the kitchen door open, because just the screen door was shut, but she wasn't going to stand there or hold it forever for the cat to just stand there and not go out. She shut the kitchen door and went back to sleep, firmly shutting her bedroom door this time so Tag couldn't let himself back into their room. I keep treats for Tag in my room, so I offered him one, but he was still meowing at the door, trying to get my parents up. So I physically grab him and bring him into my room, shut the door, and try to get him to go to sleep. I lay in bed trying to get myself back to sleep, and Tag meows at my door wanting back out. I finally open my door, and he bolts back downstairs towards the kitchen and that's when I heard what sounded like a door slamming. I have three older siblings though, and someone is always up watching TV or running to the bathroom, so I think nothing of it. The cat finally slinks back into my room, but instead of curling up in my armpit like usual, he sat at the bottom of my bed, just staring at the door. I fell asleep until morning, when some commotion wakes me up, and I plod down to the kitchen to find my parents on the phone with the police. They got up as usual to get ready for work, and while making coffee, my mom went to grab her rings from the little jewelry dish she had by the sink, because she would take them off in the evenings to rinse dishes and load the dishwasher, but discovered that the dish was empty this morning. It's a small town, so the sheriff sends a deputy over, and when my dad walks out to meet him, he sees that the ATV is missing from our backyard. The key is off the key ring as well. My brothers are all up at this point too, 
and were all freaked out that while we were sleeping, some robber came in and removed the ATV key while also seeing an opportunity to take my mom's rings. They were asking if we had any clue when it happened, and my parents say no. My mom asked my middle brother, who was a freshman in college and home for the summer, what time he ended up off the couch last night and if he heard anything. He said that he went to bed at 10 or 11 and asked what she meant as his bedroom was in the basement and he wouldn't have heard anything in the kitchen. She looked at him puzzled, saying, but you were in the living room when I went to feed the cat and then shut the door that you left open. I told you not to sleep on my couch and go to your bed as I went back upstairs. He told my mom that he was in the basement since dinner that night and never went out or came upstairs again. She goes white and realizes that the cat must have been trying to warn us when someone had entered the house. We only realized later that the robber dove onto the couch and covered up to hide when my mom went downstairs and then exited once she went back to bed. The cops said for someone to be so brazen, they probably knew our family, knew our habits, but didn't count on the cat being so overprotective and had probably intended to steal more, but was afraid that the cat may wake the whole house. It's been over 20 years since this happened, and the robber was never caught, but it's unnerving to think it was probably someone who had been to our home before, as a friend. Thank God for our cat. I miss Tag to this day. Before I start this story, I just have to say, man, I'm old. Years ago, let's say in the mid-1990s, I worked as a woodland firefighter while in the Army Reserves. I worked as a spotter. Basically, I was stationed in a giant fire tower in the middle of a national park. My job was just as it sounds. I would use binoculars and look out for fire, smoke, and other telltale signs of fire. My nearest compadre was about five miles or so from me. My days consisted of working my shift taking long walks around the fire tower, being on the lookout for anyone who might be having illegal fires, looking out for wildlife, and staying afoot of bears and wolves. The way our shifts worked back then was one week on, one week off. We pretty much did everything in those towers. We'd sleep there, cook our food there, eat there, do our rounds, and even shower and bathe there. One day, I came across an illegal bear trap. I had several ranger friends, so I knew to safely set off the trap and then pick it up to take to the ranger station on one of my treks out for food in my jeep. Poaching is illegal in the park, and it carried a big fine, even back then, plus some jail time, but it didn't stop the poachers from trying. I heard rifle shots and headed back for my fire tower. We did have a rifle in the tower to be used just in cases of emergencies. Just a few months back, a fellow spotter had been mauled to death by a grizzly, so each tower had been outfitted with a rifle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I looked with my binoculars 
but didn't see anything out of the ordinary. I radioed my coworker Ben, an older guy in the adjacent tower. He hadn't heard anything today, but had come across a few traps himself. That night, after a dinner of franks and beans and toast, I was riding to my future wife when I heard a rumbling of a truck. Thinking it may be Ben, occasionally he made the trek over. We would crack open a soda and chew the fat for a bit. Instead, I saw four men with rifles get out of the truck. One looked around and leaned up against the truck while the other three grabbed traps and began to set them up. I grabbed the rifle and my lantern and headed down the stairs. I was only 21, a farmer's son from a rural Virginia farming town. I was naive. I should have called it in to the rangers, but instead, I thought I could talk some sense into these four dangerous men. I barely got a, hey, how you doing? out of my mouth before I was roughly shoved by rough hands. My lantern fell, and I heard it crack. The rifle I had was kicked away from me, and I felt the breath leave my chest when I was violently kicked in the stomach. I had barely caught my breath when I was grabbed by two of the men, lifted up, and shoved forward into the woods. It seemed like we walked for miles, but in reality, it was probably only a fraction of a mile. However, I noticed that there were no sounds. In the forest, it's rarely silent. It's a cacophony of sounds, even at night. Owls, wolves, crickets. But on this night, nothing. Suddenly, I was shoved onto my knees, and I felt hot tears begin to well up. I thought of my parents, my little sister and brother, and my fiancé who were back home in Virginia. I heard the rack of a gun, and I shut my eyes and prayed. Suddenly, the night erupted. It was the sounds of sirens, those of forest rangers, and behind them, in his pickup, Ben, who had tried to radio me when he heard the sounds of engines approaching my fire tower. When I didn't respond, he called in the cavalry. The poachers were arrested there and then, and Ben drove me back to my tower. I was still shaking the whole time. He didn't lay into me for not following procedure. He just said, that was close, kid. I ended up leaving the job months later to take a job closer to home, but I never ran into any more poachers during the rest of my time there. I kept in contact with Ben for a while, sent him a wedding invite, and then a photo of my firstborn son in 1997. However, as time usually does, we lost track of one another. And by the time I googled him a few years back, I learned that he passed away a few seasons prior. He was 82. It still sucks to this day that I couldn't give Ben a proper goodbye, especially seeing as that's the man that rescued me from my first and only run-in with poachers. For a little bit of context, I work at a gas station in the backwoods of Tennessee, and that's where this all took place. Last night, when I clocked in at 8pm, the store was completely dead. I figured it was going to be an easy night because the road the station is on isn't the main road. Actually, it used to be up until about a decade ago when a new freeway was built. This led basically every business that was here to pack up and leave their old building abandoned. 
Thanks to this, there are a lot of abandoned buildings on the stretch of road that local druggies tend to claim as their own. Anyway, at around 11 p.m., I only had about an hour left on my shift, so I figured I should actually get some work done instead of just sitting around and doing nothing. I'm lucky enough to work my shift alone, which is normally pretty great because I get to do whatever I want so long as I get what I need to get done finished. I noticed we were almost out of barbecue chips, so I'd have to restock them from our storage space, which is for some reason in the basement of the station. I've always hated going down there just because it gives me the creeps. Why the owner decided to store everything down there is beyond my comprehension. I got about halfway down the steps before something fell on the other side of the room, and it sounded like footsteps were coming my way. I sprinted back up the stairs and locked the door to the basement, panicking like a madman the entire time. When I got back upstairs, I went behind the counter to the store computer so I could check the security cameras. I flicked over to the one that looks into the basement, and there was this guy just standing there, smiling up into the camera. He had a look of absolute insanity on his eyes, but he didn't look like the average junkie in the area. He was clean-shaven and dressed in what looked to be jeans and a button-up of some kind. Honestly, if he had walked into the store, I wouldn't have batted an eye. But because he was down there and just looking into the camera smiling, it shook me to my core. I called the store owner, and at first he was pretty mad that I called him so late. But once he heard how freaked out I was, his tone changed. He told me he'd be there in 15 minutes and just to lock the main door to the store and make sure the man didn't go anywhere. I asked if I should call the police, but for some reason, he didn't want me to do that just yet. I locked the entrance to the gas station and went back to looking at the man. He was still there, just smiling up at me. About three or so minutes of him staring at me later, and he walked out of view of the camera. My boss showed up soon after, armed with a shotgun. And when I let him in, he immediately went to the basement. I went with him just because I felt safe with there being another person there. But we found nothing. There was a spilled box on the ground, lying opposite from the main entrance. But there was no sign of a person. And the only other exit down there didn't look like it had been tampered with in years. My boss ultimately chalked this up to me being tired and hallucinating the man. But I know what I saw. This has me scared shitless as I clock back into work in a few hours, and I'm absolutely dreading it. I don't know who that man was, how he got down there, or how he left. But I do know this. I'm going to keep one eye on that security camera. All shift.